And we're back. Welcome to Printer Games, a podcast about what's new and awesome in 3D printing for tabletop gamers. I'm your host, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by Chris and Sarah, also known as Seventh Mastery nowadays. Wait, what, 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 what? Why uh, you change that up? What's up? Oh, well, I still do Lost Spheres. That's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am on the TikToks um, doing uh, gaming content on there and talking about role-playing games and 3d printing and all that stuff there so that is a new thing um uh lost spheres is not going anywhere but um it's probably going to be more of a constant stream of of interesting things and information probably on that so okay we'll see how it goes maybe i will hang my head in shame in a month and delete it (laughs) (laughs) i doubt that will happen no no it's cool yeah i'll make it's a great community over there. I, I can't tell you yeah. how much fun I've been having the last last few days. So, yeah, let's toss good. us some links so we can put them in the show notes so people can we'll find do. you. We'll do. Yep, yep. yep, yep. I but, have been yeah. less busy on things than the TikToks. So, what? So, what? Some topics you've already covered on TikTok? Mm-hmm. Um. Wow, lots of stuff. I've been trying to f- uh, feature lots of five uh, E third party content because not a lot of people Ooh. talk about it. Um, been talking a lot about uh, game mastering advice and player behavioral advice and how to like drive better with your gaming group. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also just goofy TikTok stuff. Um, I've been doing AI generated art assets. Um, space hippos is my current uh, <laughs> fixation. So um, I wonder yeah. why space hippos are space hippos. If you look. If you're in the video, you can see something lurking behind my back. But it's not what we're here to talk about, so it's not yeah. it's not being we're talked not about. Talking I had about to the put space hamsters. Space hamsters, space hippos. There's space everything. It's it's great. And space bugs, which I adore. And we'll get back to space bugs later in this episode, but Ooh. stay tuned. So what have you been doing? So I got to play uh one of the things that I've done lately is I actually went to a games workshop store which, you know, involved a drive. To be fair, this happened right before Gen Con. I just haven't talked about it on the show yet. Okay. Um, like, literally a couple of days before Gen Con trip, mm. when I got stranded outside of my house uh, because of the flooding in eastern Kentucky that hit that, that oh, no. maybe you heard about. I did. Um, I did. In fact, yeah. I was worried you were you were under, under the level, but you weren't. Yeah, so I was outside of my house at the time on an away trip for business. Uh, specifically, I had to go take the... FAA's remote pilot exam so that I could officially fly drones commercially. That's cool. Because, you know, for videography and video work and stuff like that. And because, hey, if I, I, I can't even use drone footage on my YouTube channel because it's monetized. And the FAA absolutely does check on that. Oh, fascinating. <laughs> you know, I just figured you'd really got into that uh, miniature photography class from, from uh, Gen Con and you were getting some aerial shots now. Oh no. yeah, just build the entirety <laughs> of Minas Tirith, do, uh, and, mm. like they're doing over on those, on the Zorpazorp, and then just like then do some flyovers, fly by with I, your drone, which is like silly it. because it's like the one time when I could just like hold the Sony and just like literally just move my hand across it, and it would look like an aerial shot. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, we need to start build three D printing at bigger scales so that I need a drone. But no, so I got stranded outside my house, had to spend a few days um, in in the city. And so I went to a games workshop and was like, hey, you got a paint booth set up here with demo paints. Is that that new washes in contrast? <gasps> really? Yes. So I got to you, play with the you new You held this out paints. on me. You did not tell me about that. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. I've heard it's uh, so- way better. Is it? it is way better. Uh, the new contrast paints, they had them all out on display, and they had a whole bunch of primed space marines for me to paint on. Oh, you just and, got to just uh, go at it, huh? Uh, yeah, they just like, whatever, man. They had some brushes, uh, like everything ready to go. And uh, I was the only one in the store, and the dude was super friendly. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the Lexington Games Workshop store. I guess it's called the Lexington Warhammer store. Yes, they um, say Warhammer now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good to play those Warhammers. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but lots of that on the TikToks too. By the way, it's getting me hungry to to paint paint some stuff, some space ooh. bugs. Uh, but they had all the new paints ready to go. 
and all the new washes. And so I got to play with them all. And I will tell you, the new contrast paint, much better formula than the original contrast paints. A lot less... A sticky. lot less sticky and goopy. Yay. I'm not finding that like infinite goop. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yes, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I'm not having the infinite goop situation. Uh, man, my camera just will not stay on my face for it some reason. It loves your light bulb so much. It does. I know. I'm going to have to switch this over to manual somehow, and I do not know why it thinks that it wants to focus on my light bulb behind my head in the cool corner. Enough, cool enough to focus. Mine just is sitting there. You know, uh, audio listeners deeply confused by the last few. Yeah, years. yeah, we, we we can just yeah. keep, move on. Sorry, so sorry, our audio listeners. So anyway, the, the burning question yeah. is: it equal or better than speed paint? It feels almost exactly like I was painting with speed paint. Mm-hmm. That was my my curiosity. Yeah, for most of the colors, that was definitely it. Like they had some really cool, vibrant colors that I absolutely love i heard the pigment camera. the pigment dispersion is amazing i've heard this so <laughs> i i am i'm Sorry. excited to get my hands on them still if not just for the colors you know like i still mm-hmm. use like as much as i have moved towards speed paint for a lot of my like squads and mm-hmm. stuff right i am definitely all about um like as it was it necron glow or whatever it is the technical i it, it it's this bright eerie green um it was on mm. those experimental um lost oh, okay. souls minis i was showing you yeah. but um i love it anyway yeah yeah and i think that like the new stuff is like it's really like they had like really cool bright magenta and of course the one that everybody on the youtubes is is geeking out about the yellows i got yeah. the yeah. uh i got um iron no the the fist the fist yellow people mm-hmm yeah, sorry. Uh, I I'm bad at my GW sometimes, but I, got I will the, never uh, the, be able to tell yellow me space marines. I can't tell space marines apart. They're all the same in my crunchy yeah. carapace jaws yeah. and melting under my acid sprays. It's fine. Right. So I got the yellow paint, and it is glorious. It is every bit as glorious as they're talking about on the thing. Like just taking. I have a white space marine, and I have the yellow, and then one smooth coat in a perfectly saturated, smooth, brushless stroke yellow is across my space marine. Mm. This one paint is a must-to-have in every collection. I have I, honestly, it is the best that, paint in the range. The zealot yellow is pretty good, but I did still see some weird layering stuff yeah, when I was no, using no. it from the uh, speed paints. No, so. absolutely not. This is, this is, uh, they had, it comes in a few different flavors. Like Bad Moon Yellow is also good, but any one of these three new yellows is just the perfect paint to have in your collection. Go get one, even if it is $8 a bottle. Ouch. Um, but like just to do my Space Wolf shoulder pads for my uh, sister's kill team mm-hmm. is just like even, even using Pro Acryl, which has an amazing yellow. Oh, it yeah. still takes me two or three coats to get a nice smooth finish. This stuff, one brush stroke, and I'm done. It is wow. perfect. And then I got to play with the new washes. Mm. And the new washes are glorious. Cool. So what they do that I love is they do not stain the flat raised surfaces anywhere near as much as the they used to. So this is might be a downside for some people that really love dirtying their things up with the okay. washes. You'll have to put multiple layers on to get that same effect now. But like I took null oil and I mm-hmm. took that yellow space marine and I doused it with null oil. And, and what okay. I got, it looked like I panel lined it. Really? Yeah. It was like perfect. Like all the raised panels, nothing inside all the panel lines, nice, smooth, dark gray lines. Mm. And it was just like this is I love it so much. So I ended up buying the the holy the I ended up buying five paints um, while I was there. The yellow contrast mm-hmm. paint, um, mm-hmm. Iron Hands, Iron Hands yellow. That's the one. Okay. Uh, and I got the yellow contrast paint, and I got the 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 the, the holy four uh, washes: Null Oil, Agrax Earthshade, uh, Racklin Flesh Shade, and Seraphin Sepia. Very cool. I, I am excited to see results. I, and I should probably start sniffing around for him here. I've been so focused on other stuff and 
-hmm. Like I haven't even set up my Neptune yet. I need to do that still. Mine's still in my box too, mainly because like it came and then I was like, and then I have to travel and then I have to Gen Con. Yes, James, I I think you're absolutely right. Uh, James in chat says, sounds like they heard the footsteps of the competitors and stepped up their game. I think they had to. Um, Yeah, they had to. They had to because the the price point and everything, like Mm -hmm. they have such a premium that they they needed to adapt because otherwise it would have. Like I ended up buying, I, I like the uh, army painter uh, washes a ton, even as is. And and ironically now, the army painter is what I'm going to have to reach for when I want that dark stain everything effect mm-hmm. instead of the, the GW stuff that I used to rely on for that. Um, because I like the army painter stuff because they have a dark purple, they have a dark blue, they have a red, they have a green. It's just all the different colors. And now GW does too, because they massively increased the, uh, the wash line. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. But yeah, the Army Painter speed paints were better than the contrast paints, even though I do have the complete collection of both. Um, I ended up hardly using the contrast paint, even though I paid so much more for it. Well, you know my problem with it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I had about half of the contrast, but mm-hmm. then half of that half was on my table because I knocked it over <laughs> all the time. Oh, even, no. Even with the, I finally got one of those, the GW official, like, right. little, like, weighted thing. And mm-hmm. I still, well, it's, it holds three paints. I do not, oh. I cannot just work with three paints. So I, you know, I was switching I, out. and just, I never yeah. do that. But I took my Agrax Earthshade to my every wednesday i don't do go every wednesday but every wednesday there's a paint night with a few of my buds um and i took went up there just this uh, past wednesday or a couple of wednesdays ago actually the last time they had it because gen con happened um mm-hmm. and they spilled my earth shade when i the, the was like can i borrow that i'm like no. sure and then my earth shade then thunk gong glug 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 half like more than half the bottle ended up on the table. And I'm like, wow, it really does happen. But yes. I resisted taking a photo and, and tweeting it. <laughs> I resisted it. I'll tell you, as my, what is it, Drucci purple and, and my Earthshade and many of my green tones. Yeah, the, like like rainbow elves been slaughtered on my tables. It's just everywhere. So, <sighs> anywho. Yes, so today's episode is not about paints. We no. just uh, wanted to get that in before we started. But it is brightly colored and spectacular. That is awesome. I really, I ended up buying this book after you proposed this. So we are going to be talking about Journey Through the Radiant Citadels. Did I get the title right? Journeys, yeah, Journeys. Journeys Through the Radiant, Through the Radiant Citadel. Yes. A new adventure book from for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Tell us a little bit about what this is and why it excited you. Uh, lots and lots of reasons. Um, it's, uh, it's a collection of adventures drawn from uh, multiple um, cultural uh, traditions throughout the entire world here. But it is still second world fantasy. So it's just inspired by... But uh, the very diverse creative team put this together. It's it's amazing. It's so flavorful and just it's really cool. But of course, it's also kind of planar. And if you know me, I love planar stuff. Um, but to my to my dismay, but also happiness for most people's usability, every single adventure also has advice how to place it in the Forgotten Realms, and usually Greyhawk, though sometimes Miss Stara. So if you're OG, you you could even take it back there. But because of that that guidance, you could take it and port it into just about any similar setting if you have a you know your own world at home or whatever. Um, but the the Radiant Citadel, basically, uh, in the ancient history of this place, um, twenty seven cultures converged into the ethereal plane and made a shared point of learning and cultural exchange. And it's this okay. big magical diamond thing called the auroral diamond and it has this like crust of like uh fossilized matter on it it's kind of unclear what that is but then they kind of burrow it into it and there's you know buildings and everything there's a city whatever kind of around it and then each uh culture had their own i think they call them concord jewels and they're basically they're basically planar spell jammers just like i have in my setting but they're they're jewels and they they go, each one of them is tuned to a specific society and they go back and forth. Uh, and so like, for instance, if your characters were on, you know, X world doing X thing, they might find uh, a Concord jewel and it could take them to the setting right away. It plane shifts back and through to the ethereal, navigates right to the city. 
so basically super like you know point a point b like if you're familiar with video games it's like a travel map you know sort of situation where you go to the cool exotic location and then it shoots you back out to one of the various um very detailed lavishly detailed worlds um and i would run this uh you can you know if you took all that forgotten realms advice you could like smash it all into forgotten realms if you wanted to mm -hmm. but really each one of them has little mini gazetteer at the back and they kind of seed out the idea of a region of some world. And you could actually play this with, um, there's 13 different adventures, I believe. And you could have 13 different worlds that you could have and have a very broad, cool setting that is still contained because it all, all is connected by the Citadel. Mm -hmm. And the Citadel is just, you know, um, massively uh, collaborative. Um, it has these crystalline, um, creatures that are the combined lore of each different contributing world. Um, and one thing I think that's really cool that they did is they did leave several of those worlds undefined. So the worlds, the adventures happen in, they, they have their, you know, details and their leaders and, and, and everything, the way it connects to the Citadel. But then there's definitely room for the you know, dungeon master to customize it and like add their own content. So uh very very cool you could do a whole like campaign from first to at least 14th level i think you could go further than that with the, the premise very easily and it would easily attach to any any campaign setting any like planescape or you know that thing behind me spell jammer um mm. you know so much potential and just right. so much rich flavor um, and I imagine that an adventure that's going through 13 different worlds inspired from cultures all over our world, it's mm -hmm. going to be a little bit difficult to find, you know, off the shelf models to support and play this. Like, I, I'm not going to be able to go in my Lord of the Rings 5000 miniature collection and, and populate this, Oma. No, probably not. And specifically because they really made use, if you're familiar with the term of, of reskinning monsters, mm -hmm. um, I know you are. <laughs> I don't know mm -hmm. if our listeners are. Um, but yeah, they reskin a lot of monsters. So you can actually run this with the new monsters that are in the book and a monster manual, pretty much. Oh, straight mm -hmm. up. You don't have to like go pawing through. And I was really surprised because to have this really cool cosmopolitan multi-planar, multi-world setting to really, you can run this with your, your core three books and this, mm -hmm. and it will yeah. still feel so unique and so cool and fun because they do things like, you know, reskin, um, you know, uh, a lizard into something else or whatever. Like um, there's a, a, a part where you're on a chase to find um, little glowworm caterpillars or giant caterpillars. And they just use lizard stats and just mm -hmm. say they're, they're the same as the lizard stats, but it's, it's caterpillar. And then you don't deal with that. That, you know. that doesn't do much. Like that's great for running it with the stats in the monster manual, but that I'm not going to want to put a lizard on the table. I'm going to want to put a giant caterpillar. Exactly. And that this is where things get crazy because right. there's so many, uh, you know, unique swap outs that they do. Um, we'll talk about one of them when we get to the first adventure that I, I, I just adore it because mm -hmm. you basically have to beat up dinner and um, it, it's just super fun. But I think we want to go through some of the general things that I would just recommend you need because they show up in multiples. Right. So Does what you've look? done is mm -hmm. you've put together a resource of this gigantic list of, of models throughout the adventure and sources for printable objects that will help. Right. 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 And Predominantly we will the be making, but... and we will be making this list available uh, for people to to uh, access after the show. So if you're listening to us on the podcast or you're watching it and you were like, ooh, I need to get some of these things, we will have the full list with all the links available after the show for you all to get hold of. Absolutely. Should, should we dive in? Sure. You said you've got a general list. So these are frequent appearances, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, I would say probably every other module has you know its own bandits or... Um, you know, mm -hmm. fighters, whatever the, the place itself has mages and priests. So you're going to want your general array. If you really want to go above, above and beyond, I would actually look for maybe, um, someone's Patreon release that matches a similar inspiration culture. If you wanted to like really go crazy and have like all of those, mm -hmm. um, different, uh, options, mm -hmm. but you know, your general run of the mill, um, Adventurer minis are probably going to work for most of those things. Okay, um, so. You're definitely going to need some undead things. You're going to need wraiths. You're going to need ghouls. Um, they show up multiple times. Um, then you're going to need 
multiple aboleths. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, at one point, Pazzo put on the whiteboard in the design room, no more aboleths, right? Well, yeah, apparently some of that energy had to go somewhere in the universe. Um, so this is my, my first recommend, and this is why I, I have different focuses for each of these. Sometimes it's price point because mm -hmm. you know me, I'm always trying to find a deal, but, uh, the, the Abolesce actually people love to make Abolesce models that are just squirrely and, and swirly and like a whole bunch of tentacles and swishes and whatever. And I have mm -hmm. to thank Scott at Comet Lord. Um, he's kind of one of the first ones I've ever mentioned because the model is huge and impressive, but it's vertical. It's actually rearing up, you know, mm -hmm. rising up out of the water. It's got its big three eyes and it's, you know, flailing tentacles and the swoosh of the goo, because of course, mm -hmm. Abolesce just fling goo everywhere and mutate people with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but this thing is vertical and that's very important because a lot of these locations and maps are in caves or little underground coves or whatever. And, you know, fighting when you have like, I, I remember going to PaizoCon years back and I was playtesting a, a module I had written and I had an Aboleth in it. And the only cool Aboleth mini I could find at the time was like long. It was like five inches long. And so it was supposed I to have, be a large. Yes. Yeah. And I think it was Reaper maybe. Um, oh, but, uh, they had D and D put one out that was like this amazing cool Aboleth jumping from water and metallic paint, and it's awesome. Yeah, but yeah. like, you can't close to its front; it hangs off its base so much. Right, right, and so it's just so unwieldy. And so it's, that's one of the considerations. It's in a lot of these. It, a lot of the adventures are in tight quarters, and you're going to have a problem, especially if you're using 3D printed terrain, um, or you know any any 3d terrain if you've got like tiles that are 3d um you're, you're gonna want something that can stand up like that and actually just kind of be in its space and one thing i would say about most of the 5e stuff that i've seen it gets like suggestive like dragons are always now like they're just ridiculously huge <laughs> and they barely fit onto their bases let alone where you need to put them so um there's also an epic one and i'm going to just throw out this out if you're confused about any recommendation i have Epic almost always had a second possibility. Um, it's because they make like 120 minis a I, month. I, I, I can't like, you know, it's funny because we really haven't ever interact with them on the show, but I love them. It's such a huge value. They give you a whole set later. So Epic um, and, and, and picking up some of those, I might recommend just as a general habit, if you're going to be building a Dungeons and Dragons library, but um, the Epic ones also got good verticality. If you see that there. Yeah, this um, one is like less like a giant fish and more like a bundle of tentacles and malice. Right. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it kind of curls up. I like uh, Scott. You know, and and the epic sculpt both have like a really good curvature. It's very animate, right? They look like they are leaping up out of the water, doing the thing, fighting you, and I, I dig that. Um, and, and for any of our listeners who doesn't know what an abolith is, because it's not like it's not a super common monster that you will fight it, it's really common in pathfinder adventures a lot but other than that <laughs> they're basically like psychic evil fish that like to be masterminds of things and they can wrap you in goo and force you to live in the water with them so even if you resist their psychic powers your skin changes and you are stuck forever uh that's the cast and play one again um cast and play i love that it's kind of got its tentacles really close to its body like that so it just this if you're hearing is cast and plays earliest models it like is you but can tell yeah it's it's yeah. not quite as detailed i think but it's still got that you know the three eyes and the ridginess and whatever and it's coming mm -hmm. out of the water but it's really tight uh and, and kind of got that again kind of frenetic curve like it's diving at you i, yeah. I dig it but and this and one's two bucks <laughs> Right, which is a, one of the things. I tried to put like a value choice if I could on some of these ones you're going to have to have. And if you're going to run Radiant Citadel, Journeys to the Radiant Citadel, all the way, you're going to have more than one Aboleth. That's all okay. I'm going to say. I don't want to So you're going to need more than one Aboleth. Like, is yes, there like an upper limit? Like how many Aboleths should I print to be ready? Like what's the biggest number If you want your Aboleths to look different, I would say at least three. Okay. And okay, this is where we're going to say we're going to be mentioning specific monsters and sometimes the types of locations that you would want to print for. So there's going to be some mild spoilers in this episode mm -hmm. talk. We will not be discussing story beats or 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 plot points no. or more than that. So we we will uh, we will Other mainly than be talking about and monsters. We yeah, won't yeah. do it. Yeah. Things you need to know as a GM if you're getting ready to run this game. Yep. 
And, and some spoiler alert, uh, something does require a little bit of planning. But fortunately, it's not until I want to say like 10th or 11th level. So um, you don't have to worry about it quite yet. But to get the best fig for the mini, you know, for that printed, you're, you're going to have to invest something. And I'll explain it in a second. But um, yeah. we talked about the Ableth. You're also going to want hags. <laughs> We have a real quick. We have a comment from the the Danigma machine uh, who says, uh, "With people now printing dungeons with walls, it's much more user friendly if many designs occupy the space vertically from their base only." Absolutely. Hallelujah! Yeah, absolutely. It, That's why you will hear me say verticality at least two more times in this, maybe more. Yeah, and also like. As a war gamer too, I appreciate that because it's really hard to rank up models when they're hanging off their base in every different direction. Amen. I Amen. do not want to play like 20 minutes of miniature tentacle Tetris when I'm just trying to get my regiment of elves done. Yeah. Dark elves same specifically. Thing with flying minis and their wings just going everywhere and it's like yeah. you're hitting into each other. I mean, it can mm -hmm. be cool if you can pose it, but I don't want to do that if I'm running. If I'm trying to get through four or five combat encounters in a game night. Mm -hmm. I don't want time for that. Mm -hmm. So hags, right? Oh, dear. Um, okay. At the my mini factory had a hiccup there for a second. I was worried. Okay. Well, yeah, that'd be bad. At the very least, you're going to need a sea hag and a night hag. Um, there are suggestions of other hags that you may encounter. It being kind of a plainer thing, and them kind of being in in that kind of cosmology that they present as bad guys more than once. Um, it would just be good to have. They're, they're useful minis. Um, I think this is the best value. You get some very versatile minis for different types of hags that you could just paint slightly different and get a lot of mileage out of them. So again, you're recommending the Epic set, and it's the it's these like really hunchbacked hags with stuff growing out of them. One of them has a like two foot long tongue that is cleaning <laughs> out a skull. Uh, and these she has like a big deer skull thing. Yeah, these are these are very horrific monsterish kind of hag monsters. I kind of apologize in advance to our to our listeners and viewers because uh, I did most of these selections, so they tend to lean towards the horrific and awful, you know, stylistically, because that's usually where I go for printing monsters. So there are, however, some startlingly cute monsters we will get into. Okay. So and that's that is something about it. Um, as you move through this, you might need to do some adjustments to your own taste to get the style consistent, right. mm -hmm. or just have a cute night and a not cute right. night. I don't know. Um, this we, is also a great call to action to our listeners. If you know of any better or ones you're more a fan of to fit some of these roles, do let us know in the comments. Oh yeah, or by emailing absolutely. us because that would be wonderful. Like if we can just get like a great like list of all the cool options available for this set of adventures that would be wonderful that'd be cool and just as, as a as a quick aside there yeah. are so many cool monsters in these adventures i am not going to be able to cover them all and finish this in an hour so um there, there's going to be stuff you don't hear about but yeah. james in chat says hey she was hungry yeah cleaning out that skull getting every little morsel of matter okay all right. So for the first adventure, Salted Legacy, I'm imagining this is sea-based? Um, you know, it actually takes place in a market. So if you oh. have like a, a market, um, you know, tile set or cast and play, uh -huh. something like that. Um, mm -hmm. I also recommend if you have a prop for beans, like piles of beans, it's relevant. Can I just get a bunch of beans and glue them to a base? Um, well, uh, those would be really big beans. Um, but they, they are actually uh, combat interactive, kind of. Um, okay. So I'm not going to say. I, I, this is the adventures. Uh, uh, it is the you beat up dinner, in, in my opinion. In Do you story. have a, a <laughs> recommendation of an STL of combat beans? I don't. I was looking for. It's a pile of beans. You want like a, a pile of beans. But anyway. <laughs> If, okay. if a this listener, is an opportunity out there for yeah i'm sure somewhere <laughs> in maybe cast and play that there's a, a like thing i found some piles of apples mm -hmm. but i really looked for beans yesterday and i just i just was coming at blank okay. but um so you first monster you're suggesting is giant thermal shrimp yes so um in one of the monsters that they bring in they call it the 
jagged koi prawn and you beat up giant prawns to prepare for the feast right it's a you, you fight dinner <laughs> and um the, the bean things coming in there too okay, but careful uh, not yeah, to do plot spoilers yeah yeah that's why sorry um the uh the prawn though um is is just such a weird thing right like i i, I had looked everywhere for like an actual prawn this and i think printed obsession also had a um fairly decent one but this is to me it looks menacing yet it's got enough that you could actually paint it these are supposed to be very beautiful creatures they're mm-hmm. like you know like like a koi pond but they're shrimp <laughs> and they're massive and you my, my painting suggestion then would be spray paint it with metallics or airbrush it all metallic and then like do lots of translucent inks to get really pretty rainbow colors on this the shells that would be cool. That would be cool. I, I imagine if you do all this stuff and paint it up and, and print it up and paint it up well, this would be such a pretty looking like setup mm-hmm. for like an event, like a weekend of gaming or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Gibrasol uh, is wanting to know, are the beans we're talking about like the prime beef minis over on Colts? Not sure. Uh, they are they are beans and, mm-hmm. and you hurt them. Prime beef models on cults are space marines. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, not space marines then. Not space marines, but you you could beat a space marine if you needed to, I suppose. But uh, yeah, Elden Ring, huh? Has has prawns. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. And and there's so much. Elden Ring has so many STL files available for it that are inspired by Elden Ring to recreate a lot of that game. So that's great. Also, very weird goats. If you need very weird goats that cartwheel El- thank elden ring okay very weird cartwheeling goats all right yeah. you would like elden ring i'm surprised you haven't played it um i am a filthy casual there i've said it out okay. loud on record i okay, then you can handle elden ring i don't know i've heard like <laughs> you know every souls like game that i play is basically made to make me like crumble in shame inside so mm-hmm. i i don't i don't know but it, it it's got a lot of positive feedback from people i know and respect so i really probably should but yet again i usually go and buy those games a few years later like i just barely played diablo 3 and it's been out for how long anyway right. all right so we're coming up on half an hour so i think it's best that we focus on the most interesting and hardest to find ones okay so or else we're not going to get through the list i like i was worried you would be surprised how many are getting cut the last thing though in the in the first um adventure is windlings okay and windlings are a little fey creature to me they kind of look like um bat winged uh lemurs maybe um, it's really hard to find something quite right. And I kind of had a couple suggestions for him. Um, so the... This is the cover monster. What's that? This oh, is the it, monster on the cover. It is on the standard cover, yes. I, I have the fancy one because I'm extra. Okay. <laughs> so it is like this super cute, like, yes, that is thing. exactly the thing. Yes. And I love it to pieces. It's like a, it looks like a little fruit bat. Yeah, maybe, but it's, it's, a, a, it's a puppy. It's a fae, so you know, uh-huh. whatever. Um, but yeah, it is. It is p- probably one of the three hardest things I think to find a good mini for. We had a couple mm-hmm. ideas though. I believe role playing role playing in miniatures has a free model of a winged monkey. That is okay. Super that's cute. a different take. I like it. It's oh, cute. and this is absolutely the most adorable thing. I've it is adorable. Like I while. said, there are. Be warned much cuteness um that was pretty close again it's got feathered wings i don't know but you could get it there i think um if you really wanted to go the extra mile you could probably kit bash some new wings onto it you know okay um also there is a uh forest method is what they called it um that was really close as well and i want to say that was from white werewolf maybe Just... yeah white werewolf tavern and I think it's actually pretty good, but again, the wings are off. They're buggy wings. Um, they don't have tails, but I think it looks pretty cute. Otherwise, it's kind of in that lane. So, all right, we will move on because you are right. We are going to not have enough time if I'm not mm-hmm. staying focused. Uh, yeah, the next so... module venture okay. is called Written in Blood, I believe. Um, this, in my opinion, is the best one shot. If you just want to do one thing out of this book and run mm-hmm. an event. It's got very staple monsters in it. 
Mm -hmm. um, aside from two things. Okay. What are those two things? Crawling claws, which um, I had a pretty affordable little setup of uh, claws, I think, in the links. Um, but a clawing claw, crawling claw is just an undead hand to me who's listening. So just imagine kind of like a, a wrapped severed a hand. Yeah, it crawls. It's like thing from the Adam Sammy. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you have the soul shaker, which is it's like big, angry family reunion sized version. And it is a big monster made of hands. And it is so weird and, and awful looking that I tried to find some big monsters made of hands. And I think it did pretty good. Um, that is a big monster made of hands. It's from um, Rocket Peg, I believe, from their dart. Yeah. So, if it's it's a T Rex person made of hands, <laughs> grabbing each other and yes, pulling all with over with a and, sphincter and... mouth. That's disturbing. <laughs> yes. The other one is slightly less disturbing, but yes, this one's just a guy made of, of of hands pulling against each other. It looks like they're struggling. It's kind of that Hell Sandman thing we were talking about. Um. Mm. But uh, the um, the other one is, I, I believe it's a tooth maw as a cloak around a bunch of hands. Yes, somebody does need a pedicure, James. Um, but you wait till you see this other one. Um, it's, a, it's a big... Um, for oh anybody boy. listening to us, it is... It's uh, like, the Frighteners, but worse. <laughs> but worse. It is a mod cloak with just arms exploding out of it. So when you fight this monster and Why chop up this... Find these nightmare monsters? <laughs> Why do you bring these into my life, Kristen? <laughs> when you fight this and, and start killing it, its hands fall off and turn into crawling claws, more of them. So like, Oh, so they... <laughs> you, you, the more you fight it, the worse it gets. Yes, absolutely. So that is... Lovely. That one, the ones I would stick with. Um, uh, moving on to the the fourth level module, which is Fiend of Hollow Mine. You'd need obviously some some uh, uh, mine terrain uh, at the end of it. It has a very unique monster, and honestly, you could probably use an owlbear for it. But okay. if you use an owlbear for it, you'd probably want to paint it funky because it is emaciated and sickly um they're actually demons but they're like owl type demons that are like um kind of emaciated i i there are pronunciation guides in this book i highly recommend using them i cannot do them all well myself uh and i probably shouldn't try to, to do this one at all no, i'm not going to it's talk yeah, i'm not going to do it okay. but it there's a really good pronunciation in the book unfortunately it, i have my show notes i don't have the book like sitting a, for me. it looks like a rock with an owl head yeah, kind of, kind of. It, it is a bird demon, so maybe it's, uh, I don't know, a distant cousin. They're probably like oh, that in Abyss. Oh, we have a comment from uh, PND Mike. Mm -hmm. The Had the Arlington Guild Tarosk fail when printing the arm, and it actually turned out to be the ultimate crawling hand wall master style mini. Sometimes <laughs> worth it to keep those failures. Nice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I keep failures for bits all the time. Okay, so what time. did you find as a horrific owl monster? Um, well, again, you kind of have some acute option, and I think the Great Grimoire had a set of like little owl spirits. Um, these, these are too cute for the job. These look at the one on the left. For the job, the one on the left. So, if, if you're listening, there is one on the left that is kind of crawling under its cloak. If you paint that and it's kind of sagging, you could make it sad and sickly, and it would get there, I think. Um, but okay. yeah, but if you are one of our uh, esteemed stl creator community who's listening and wants to make a much more sickly scary owl monster scott um or you know anybody else who feels challenged do it please because it needs a better fit um i also picked a really kind of kind of thinner looking owlbear um again oh, the father's mint one yeah yeah and it's really affordable um just a good solid little owlbear anyway but if you painted him up made him look sick put some null oil no 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 oil on him you could get him emaciated and sick looking so mm -hmm. but the good news is that's it for that everything else is really staple in it um it, it's one of the ones that like you really could just kind of uh run with mostly stuff you already have okay. um and it's third level which is a great pickup level for right. people to just kind of have little quick characters right. so come on Kristen, show me a weird thing that i can oh. only find with 3d printing a weird thing well this next one's not that either are we are we skipping because this one we need to we do need to skip and Aww, go focus sad on panda. the cool things well focus on the, the only cool thing, things the only thing i'm gonna say about wages of ice mm -hmm. is it's got dancing diva assassins in it okay and there are some great dancer like blade dancery type things with feathers and whatever 
I just recommend go to R uh, N S Studios page. Um, beautiful like feather dancers uh, with their little like you know knives that they pull out and attack you know assassinate mm-hmm. people. That's a big dramatic moment in this mod mm-hmm. in th- that adventure. So we'll move on from that one. Um, same thing with Sins of the Elders. It's a great little setup, um, but you need gargoyles for it, and those aren't that hard to find. Uh, and you need a lot of Dragonborn because the a lot, mm-hmm. it, the, the okay. cult, culture it happens in is predominantly Dragonborn. Okay. But this is a good thing because there are scarce few Dragonborn you can go buy at a store, and they're mm-hmm. almost always geared towards PC choices mm-hmm. because that's usually the market for that. Yep. And oh my gosh, there's so many great Aryan Studios, so there's a many. bunch of them. Yep. Um, who else does Dragonborn um, really good? Uh, uh Battle Yak has like Daybreak. Daybreak. Yeah. Um Bite uh, the Bullet did one. Um, Artisan Guild did a really cool dragon set. Yep. A while I mean, ago, so, like they ride drakes, and that's mm-hmm. cool. Super, super available, but it is something mm-hmm. I think that would be really good to 3D print and save you mm-hmm. some cash trying to track down mm-hmm. the like pre paints mm-hmm. that are out there. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, they're yeah, like right. 20 bucks a piece at Gen yes. Con. It was stupid. It's, it's crazy. So we'll move on to the seventh level adventure, Gold for Fools and Princes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. I was stunned to find out that this monster, if you are someone who's played Dungeons & Dragons or other similar games for some period of time, the uh, Arum Varax, also known as the Golden Gorger, is such a classic, terrifying thing. Uh, it is a multi-limbed, it's a long badger instead of a long bear param and it is it is metallic because it eats gold and treasure and it is horrifying it's got tons of attacks and i have had the personal distinction of crawling into a warren with them where we were squeezing and penalized on our acs and these things are vicious and they're like you know like pile up on you but they look like a big like imagine a badger centipede is what we're looking at here they are teeth and legs and golden fur and they eat your treasure so like yeah um but this is a such a old classic dnd monster and that 5e did not get it till july of uh, you know 2022 stuns me um and and i'm very happy that this is out there again um and i think the recommendation i had was a value recommendation because it's very affordable um from uh so this is the monster we're talking about. Yes. Okay. It, it it's a it is indeed a long weasel, a very fuzzy long weasel. Yes, that one looks even more dog-like. I think the one from uh, Yash. I am not pronouncing things well. Yashinoku. Yeah, that one. Oh, um, yeah, Yasashi Kojin Studios. Oh yeah. Oh, this is so cool. It's a long weasel. It is a long weasel. It's exactly and- the model. It is exactly, exactly the monster. Yes. And yeah. it, it is. Yeah. This is a classic thing. If you've been playing D&D a long time, mm-hmm. like, or if you're running, if you are one of the unique individuals who is new to like five is your first edition, but you have a grognard in your group, when you bust out that many and it's all painted gold and like sparkly, they're going to freak out. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. <laughs> and I also big shout out to Yasashi uh, Kojin studios because um, they have an amazing selection of very high quality uh, SDLs that they just give out for free. Uh, they do charge for the pre-supported versions, but the non-pre-supported versions are usually available for free. They're on my mini factory, and they are so they're fantastic. They got some really cool Albert Cubs too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of cool and speaking of cute, <laughs> Trail mm-hmm. of Destruction presents a problem. Because okay. the the big monster in it, the big new monster, is Tlex uh, like an ox, axolotl, Tlex. Okay. Tlexotl. Anyway, it is a big giant salamander made of magma. Okay. But it, it has the little frilly neck things and everything. And if you look at most axolotls, they are adorable. Oh, it's an adorable thing that's going to TPKS. Yeah, you're going to have to blow that up to huge size, though. So I don't know. Again, if a creator can make like a scarier one than that, mm-hmm. you got an option uh, that mm-hmm. could get some eyes on. Um, But yeah, this this thing is super adorable. Even in its big, scary magma form in the book art, it, it's still super cute. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just couldn't. Death by I, cuteness is a thing. Yes, 
Yes. Um, there are also salamanders in that set and a couple of the salamander sets that are out there mm-hmm. you can pick up and they have also big flaming lizards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you could probably use a Bahir as a sub, but mm-hmm. the the flavor of the Tlexotl is definitely an axolotl made of magma and the size of a barn. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so the next one is uh, in the midst of, um, I'll try to say this, Manavarsha. Mm-hmm. Um and I ran into a new thing that I hadn't had as a problem because I thought several of these um, use gin or or genies, mm-hmm. and I haven't really called that out because um, you know those are pretty common. But I wasn't aware that marids, unless mm-hmm. they are a big fishy ugly marid, which there are, like that is a new trend for marids to be very fishy people. But back in the what's day, a marid? Were, what's a marid? I'm sorry, yes, they are water genies. Water genies. And they're usually in older editions, and I think in this, because there is a new monster called a riverine or a riverine. I'm, I'm not sure how to say that. Mm-hmm. Like Undine is what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a large size water creature that is, it is super babe, and the, and the NPC that you interact with is a dude. So, like, I was looking for marids that were humanoid looking. They're almost all girls. Um, I managed to find. I think one or two. And the one that I think is best, um, mm-hmm. let's see. The My Mini Monster Mayhem one? Yes, yes. I think from their element set. Um, yeah. This is a just... really cool model. It is definitely like a genie in the middle of a whole bunch of flowing water all around them. And, like, and it's like white water. This is disturbed water, violent water. And and dude's got abs. Yeah, yeah. And, and nipple rings. And... <laughs> And the guy in 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 the you know adventure is you know probably in that lane, but um, this this mini uh, is something that was very difficult to find. So I was I was glad that a couple creators still had some because usually if they are human like Marid, um, like I mm-hmm. said, there's a tendency to make them big fish monsters lately. Right. But um, the human like ones were all um, female, and the, so again though you could probably just change that in your adventure if you have a female one you don't want to print them to Skype. But he's a really cool mini, and he'd be a really mm-hmm. fun challenge to paint. Um, let's move on. Okay, this is the one I was talking about planning. Um, uh-huh. in between the tangled roots, uh, in all it, these start getting tons of monsters. We're not gonna have time to talk about them all, but mm-hmm. it has uh, a Bakunawa, and this is a very specific dragon thing. And if you know specific mythologies from around the world, uh, clay cyanide is the person who deep dives those a lot. And clay cyanide has a Bakanawa. However, currently, it is a loyalty incentive. So you will actually, I think, have to be subscribed for three months to get it. Now, I am just going to say clay cyanide is one of these patrons that does a theme and a and a troop almost every month. Mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend just. If you want to build your collection, just sign up for the Patreon for three months, and you get this guy. And this 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 Bakuna. I, I will try to describe it. It is swirling um, mystical water. It's got a big like orb that you're probably going to paint with a glow. I would probably do some diffuse under things, but it's a big serpentine dragon. Um, very, very cool. Super flavorful. And this is like the exact monster from the adventure. Um, mm-hmm. You could not be more perfect. And um, But it's a loyalty reward. But it's a loyalty reward. And this is, again, kind of one of those things you're going to have to cost value that. You know, you could probably mm-hmm. swap it out for some other dragon mini or whatever, but it is the cool exact thing. And clay cyanide oftentimes will do things where like, Hey, you're getting extra models. And I've had loyalty rewards, you know, that I've got access to through things, but anyway, so I just wanted to point out, and sometimes maybe it's worth the wait, um, especially because you're going to probably get some really cool troops and things from uh, the Patreon. If you do that, and it's a very affordable mm-hmm. Patreon. So, and I have issue with your suggestion for the manticore. Oh, Mm-hmm. The manticore I, is very cool. I like mm-hmm. it. Okay, but sure. there is already the best manticore available. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you have suggested Mammoth Factory's manticore. It is a nice manticore. I'm pulling it up I, on screen. And he has a buddy, by the way, that is vertical. Mm-hmm. I just love this pose so much. Yeah, it's a great pose. But, he's not all. He's is, not even hanging off his base. He's he's doing a good. Yep. 
And there is another, um, there is another pose where it's flying and it's very vertical and you can use it in the closed mm -hmm. things, but if you're using mana cord, it's probably flying. So um, anyway, I want to hear your objection and I'll tell you the other reason I went with that many after your objection. Mm -hmm. My objection is artisan guild already made the perfect manticore. Let's see it and let, let, describe it for our, our listeners. Okay. It is a lion headed tusk thing with the barbs. Like it's the manticore. Look, you've got the wings, you've got the lion head, you've got the horns, Ooh. you've got the, the barb and it's just got in the it's got chains on its arm that it's broken off and it's like slinging backwards mm -hmm. and it's got this giant roaring over pose i love this manticore i've printed it up it's it's like i loved it so much that i printed it the day it came out this does not happen often param but mm -hmm. we disagree and you're wrong oh no uh if you look at that boy he is a cool mini and i love him and I would make him mm -hmm. into a demon because he does not have a manticore tail that flings spikes. He has a scorpion tail. Yeah. And if you want, if you're printing a mini, I think that's the one you just want with the, man the mammoth one. It actually is one of the few manticores that has a big, burly, spiky tail. And unfortunately, that picture cuts it off. You have to look at the side view to see it. Yeah, I did um, see the, the 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 cool spiky tail. And so for me, it was just, you know, I, I'm not a big representative weapons uh, war gamer, but <laughs> I, if I have a manticore, it's got to have a a big bushel of spiky tail. It's got it. So I always thought the manticore fired the spikes from its mane. I, I, I've always assumed it was a tail fling. Okay. We could, we could, you know, let people sound off, but we we're, we've got a couple more um, mm -hmm. modules or adventures to go through. Okay. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we talked about that though. Um, I'm just going to say night sea sucker is a cool one. It's got a lot of, it's, I think it was one of the ones that has the hag in it, but you need sharks. And I'm just warning you, there's some some sharks out there, but it's very hard to get good just animal sharks. Um, I, I have one, you know, one or two that I would link in those notes. Print your monsters, and I would just print that and not put the rider on it uh, if possible. There's a ton. In fact, um, uh, Raging Heroes also has some great sharks, but they're mm -hmm. intended to be riders. So if you buy them, it's going to probably be a little more expensive. Um, I want to see a couple welcome packs for Patreons have sharks but i didn't see very many of them for sale so anyway if you have a great shark mini and want to drop it in your comments i'm here for it anyway we will move on um uh lord of the print has some really good standalone sharks i saw some of them but i was a little worried about their length because mm -hmm. lord of the print again does these awesome kinetic sculptures but they're usually yeah, just they, huge it is absolutely hanging off its base yeah okay. that's not a that is not up for debate but that is a really good hammerhead i wonder why that did not come up in the, the searches i was doing mm -hmm. i wonder if it's tags are weird but yeah uh sharks you're gonna need them for that one um okay uh buried dynasty um has a lot of things in it i'm just gonna call out the ropers and i'm gonna call out duncan's ropers because uh Specifically, he does something that I think more STL creators need to do, especially with monsters like this, because the Ropers are cool and they're scary. And if you're familiar, not familiar with the Roper, mm. they're basically a stalactite that hides as a stalactite and then it pops open and like tentacles and teeth yep. and teeth and tentacles. I but have look, two Roper models from the D&D minis line and I love them and treasure them because they're stupid hard to find. Yes. So you can print them out now and have as many as you want. But more importantly, it comes with a stalactite mode, stalagmite mode. Sorry, stalagmite mm, is, is down. Good choice. And that is so key with a monster like this because you can put it out as terrain on the board. It can be right there in front of your players and then suddenly pop, it turns in and you could paint them up. They could look very similar. It would be such a cool reveal to have all these little stalagmite mounds and suddenly pop, 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 pop. Ah, oh, there's <laughs> ropers everywhere. That would be so intense. Yeah. And it's I would definitely say... You, to do this effectively, you're definitely going to need to use this print out more than one of the stalagmite modes, a yes, bunch absolutely. of them, and use them before the reveal that it's a roper. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, terrain. yeah. This would just have to be immediately, a, oh. hey, hey, why is it normally just a, a really bad spike drawn on our battle map, but this time it's a highly detailed thing you printed? Yep. Um, sorry, Jason. Uh -huh. I, I just I claim you victory. said, hey, people. What? What's that? You claim PND Mike? I literally yeah, painted yeah. up the AG Manticore this weekend. Got to side with Param here. All right, fine. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still not hearing it. Um, okay, and then we'll get to Orchids of the Invisible Mountains. Um, uh -huh. It is uh, a big, crazy, far realm experience. It has mm -hmm. all the loving monsters I love. Mm -hmm. There's beholders and aberrations, cloakers you name it. Um, mm -hmm. I adore it. 
there are tons of good options for that. Um, I would say, though, the unique monster in it is the Whistler. And the thing, Whistler. the problem with the Whistler is okay. it, it is uh, described as kind of being multiphasic and wobbly and like like stuttery. Mm-hmm. And to paint something like that is very difficult. And so what I recommend is finding, I actually put Village Hope's Flame Spirit down because if you painted it and did it like more misty, Okay. And it has that kind of indistinct head and, and weird. You could maybe get in the neighborhood of a, a visual representation, but it's just going to be a hard mini to make. Like if you just painted it in a still form, it would just look like maybe like a doppelganger or something. And I think it would be very boring um, because it's supposed to be kind of like stuttering and weird and difficult to, to look at. Um, but yeah, uh, that's the what, really the, what cool. I would go with. I, I love Village, Village's Hope. Um, I, I yeah. should try to get them on the show. Um, but uh, just very super flavorful. Uh, I think there's a couple steam monsters that also would probably be appropriate. I'm sure if I spent much more time going through Bestarium's like horror backlog, <laughs> I could probably yeah, you, find something. But you go out the other side with emotional damage. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I'm also going to just throw out, in addition to all the aberrations and beholders, and there's so many cool beholder minis. Uh, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything else about that. But um, this um, happens in a, in a cultural setup that has tons of thrycreen, and so um, yeah, those are if, not easy to find. They're not. They weren't. But of course, Adam brought us a beautiful twin goddess um, thrycreen, super cool. And then uh, we, I think we even mentioned them a couple couple episodes ago. Um, Lord of the Prince. So, okay, you're pulling up Adams. Adams is, that isn't like a cool, classy adventurer. She's got like a trench coat. She's still a buggy. She has her multiple limbs, mm-hmm. uh, her antenna and everything. But Twin Goddess style, right? That is definitely like a cool PC looking vibe. Right. Um, yeah. my, and, I, and I like it. And it would definitely work for a couple of the NPCs. There, there is kind of maybe like a, what's, mm, you're going to have to have that on the board. I'm not necessarily going to say you're going to stab it. I don't mm-hmm. want to do spoilers. Um, I think Lord of the Prince take on Thray Queen is just fascinating. Um, and you've pulled these them look these truly are... alien. They yes, they, they they look like bugs. They they have the the proportions are all off. Their weapons all match. They, they look have like the... they could have come from Morrowind, which is yep. always my favorite vibe. But they also kind of vibe like um, John Carter to me a little bit. Little mm-hmm. you know, yeah, um, very space pulp, uh, which is kind of perfect but they have these big long feathery antenna and cool weapons right. but i'm gonna just say if you start paying attention the, to the weapons on these they're very troop style to me they have big long swords yeah. and pole arms i do not see a caster in the bunch of them i don't see so mm-hmm. you're gonna have some limited representation unless you do some conversion work right so but they're available this kit from lord of the print is like a thousand poses so that's great yeah. oh it's incredible value and especially if you wanted to do a big battle scene where there were multiple right green involved mm. and spoiler alert you know thing lurking over my shoulder and if you're listening to us it's a spelljammer box set um spelljammer is also on on the horizon and the coolest thing about this with the conqueror crystals and everything you could totally interact those two settings if you wanted i want like i am so jonesing like to run like a, a big smash up of like strixhaven and this and that yes um you uh, we also have that. I don't know if we have time to talk about it, but Cross the Realms has a much more, I think, balanced um, Thray Queen release. Yeah, this looks like it's like straight from the cover art from Dark Sun. Yes, it's very Dark Sunny for sure. Yeah. Um, less spell jammery, they're a little more more uh, evil art. Little yes, and a little the gears a little more you know primitive in 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 representation. Uh, maybe also if you're familiar with Dark Sun, it don't have metal, so there's a lot of the weapons look like they're made of chitin or stone. Yeah, it's um, like Frazetta art. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think we made it with a minute left. Those are my awesome. big recommendations. There are still tons more, and you know, depending on how we polish this document up, I could mm-hmm. probably drop a couple other erupt uh, like uh, right. there's a yeah. displacer beast and a couple other things. Right. So when uh, so we will have this document available um, sometime soon with all these links in it, uh, and and including ones that I unfortunately forced Kristen to skip because we are literally coming in skin of our teeth on time on this one. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kristen, about that. No, it's okay. I, I could I could clearly talk about this all day. Yeah. So. Absolutely. 
So if you want like the full super list of, of links that Kristen put together, uh, it is it is wonderful. And we definitely, if you like this kind of series, I kind of want to do a, 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 a Ravenloft version of this. I've had that on my mind for a while, nice. um, especially as I'm prepping that adventure to run it. Yep. Uh, if you do, let us know in the comments if this is the kind of series you would love. And if you have like something you want us to look into, especially like if there's like an adventure or a type of model that you're looking for and you want us to do the deep we're going to find the old lore and the deep text Kristen <laughs> uh, let us know and we will we'll see about what we can do there um, in the meantime if you want more of this content and find this list when, when Kristen has, has got it ready you can find this over at printyourgames.com and if you want to you can support us by giving us a five star review on iTunes well we think we're five stars it's up to you if you think we're five stars but we would really appreciate those really help uh, spread the word of the podcast you can find us on youtube you can find us on facebook you can find us on twitter and of course at printergames.com and if you want to you can email us at podcast at printergames.com and until next time i'm jefferson j thacker also known as param i'm kristen sarwitz also known as seventh mastery and if you're not tired of me yet you can find me on the tiktoks <laughs> and uh don't forget your screen protector bye everybody bye, -bye.